and me. Thank you. See you tomorrow night. Well, hello there. Uh, So here's how the news business works. We work all day long putting a show together for you, and we think it's the best and newest news of the day. And the crime space is no different. Thank you for being a true crime fan. Thank you for watching this program. I love you to bits, and boy, do I have something for you. No show. Yep, that's it. I just sat down. I have no show. Because the show that I was going to bring you, I don't think I'm going to anymore. We have been following the case of Sean Williams for weeks, and tonight we are hearing that he has finally been arrested. Who is Sean Williams, you might add, if you're just watching me for the first time on this story? Thank you very much. Sean Williams is this man. He is suspected of raping 52 women on camera as they are unconscious. He is also charged in several child porn and child rape incidents. He is alleged to be a very, very bad man, so bad so that they had two guards in his transport van back in Tennessee as they were taking him to the courthouse. And somehow, Sean Williams managed to get out of his cuffs, managed to get out of his leg irons, managed to get out of his belly chain, and then managed to get out of the transport van, all while the two guards didn't notice. Did I mention the transport van is small, like a transit van? Uh, Don't know how the guards didn't notice, because they just kept on driving, got to the courthouse, and they said, where's the inmate? And he was gone. And he has been gone for weeks. Until tonight. I say it all the time. You think you can run. You think you can hide. But the law eventually catches up with you. Just think, if you've been watching this show, how many times have I come to air saying, oh, they caught another one? Remember those four inmates from Georgia that just carved their way out of the prison wall and made for it? And one by one, they were all caught. The last one just this week. The alleged murderer. So here's the deal. We know very little about it. I'm actually learning along with you exactly what's happened. But I knew they were getting close. I knew they were getting close. Because on Friday, if you were watching the show, and again, thank you, uh, we told you they spotted him. They spotted him at a mall where his daughter used to work. Okay? So that's number one. Uh, And they thought they had him in a perimeter, but he managed to split. He got out. Amscrite. And then today, this was going to be part of my show, but not the whole show, because it was sort of a small detail. They spotted him again, kind of. They found his car. This time they found it in Florida. Florida. Pinellas County is, if you've been to the west central coast of Florida, it's really nice. There's lovely beaches. St. Petersburg Beach is in Pinellas County. I I love it there. I would not think it's a good place to try to... um, escape because they're a big news junkie, uh, you know, population down there. And there's a lot of visitors and expats and all sorts of people who, who travel there. And you know what? He decided apparently to ditch his car there. Uh, it's a city called Indian Rocks Beach in Pinellas County. I, I actually don't know Indian Rocks Beach and I'm kind of from that area. My family has been there for 38 years, but it's about 11 hours drive from uh, Greenville, Tennessee, where that uh, jail escape was, you know, the, the, the escape van incident. About 11 hours drive from Greenville, Tennessee, where he escaped on October 18th. And if you do the math, October 18th is more than a month ago. So this guy has been on the run for a little over a month. And take a look at the sightings. 
He was also seen in Silva, North Carolina. That's the place where his daughter works, the mall, where he was seen on Friday, and he slipped through their fingers. They put up a, per- a perimeter. They, they did everything they could. It was all hands on deck, but they didn't get him. They didn't get him on Friday, so he had another weekend, uh, I guess, in the sun because he made it from Silva, North Carolina, all the way down to Indian Rocks Beach, Florida, in Pinellas County. And the authorities in Pinellas County, they got him tonight. I'm still waiting on a lot of details. Literally, I'm getting handed information as I came to air. Can I just tell you, part of the job I love is when this happens. And, and like we have a full show planned of all these other stories, and then four minutes to air, uh, Christina, who usually talks to me in my IFB, says, okay, we, okay. We're throwing out the show, <laughs> and that's what we're doing. And I am expecting, we have this awesome source in the U.S. Marshal, I am expecting uh, a couple of updates. Oh, and guess what? That Christina I just told you about, she just told me that David Jolly with the U.S. Marshals is live with me right now. David, can you hear me? If the audience can hear him, I cannot, but I can see you. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. I got you now. Okay, I see a smile on your face. I certainly have a smile on my face because I absolutely love reporting these stories when a a bad guy on the run uh, gets collared. Tell me everything you know. Well, some of the information is still coming in. I'm actually glancing over my phone at the constant texts that are are coming as as we're speaking. So, uh, but we received information from our colleagues in Pinellas County, uh, the U.S. Marshals, off the deputy U.S. Marshals down there that uh, he was taken in custody, in the custody at a 7-Eleven in the, in the Clearwater area. So. In Clearwater. So, okay, I'm trying to look at the uh, map at the same time, but how far is Clearwater from Indian Rocks Beach? Because that's where, and correct me if we're wrong with this reporting, but that's where the car was dropped and they found it earlier today, Right. Uh, yeah, I'm still sketchy on some of those details myself exactly because uh, he was moving around a good bit uh, when uh, they jumped him early this morning down in that area. Okay, I'm also just looking at a map at the same time. This is sort of all, uh, this is the sausage making folks, but uh, 20 minutes north of Indian Rocks is where uh, Clearwater was. So he didn't get too far after he dropped the car. Do you know anything about the vehicle? Like what happened? How did they find the vehicle? What did they find in the vehicle? What clues did the vehicle give them, if any, that got them to capturing him tonight? Well, we're still uh, piecing things together, how all the, all the uh, series of events happened uh, since the time of the escape. But we uh, discovered that he stole the car in Greenville um, maybe around the 16th of uh, November and made his way to uh, North Carolina and then from North Carolina on to uh, down to Pinellas County. And uh, tonight it stopped into this, walked into this 7-Eleven and a clerk uh, apparently recognized him there and uh, called the police and they were able to move in on him and, and take him into custody. He was hiding somewhere close by the that, that store. Did you say a clerk recognized him? Yes, apparently that that's what I've been told so far. It's it it was a it was a store clerk. They were putting out a good bit of information after they got after him early this morning and uh so it, it uh things have been kind of moving pretty fast all day and getting a lot of information out in that area, knowing that he was 
still on foot in the area because he uh, ditched his car early this morning and went on foot somewhere in that that area there and was moving around a good bit, running from one place to the other. And so they were um, moving after him as fast as they could as sightings came in. And then this call from uh, this 7-Eleven happened this evening. So I'll tell you something else, uh, Mr. Jolly, and that is whenever I hear that a citizen uh, was active and helped in the apprehension of a wanted fugitive, it just makes my heart sing because they're doing what they're supposed to do. And I hope that we played some part in that because we have not dropped this story since the beginning. Um, and we have plastered every one of his pictures. Because the guy is an absolute chameleon. I'm sure you've probably seen all the pictures of him, right? He looks like 15 different people. Yeah, he, he's definitely got a lot of different looks as he grows his hair out or shaves it off or grows facial hair or wears glasses, all the different things that he does. And so, uh, yeah, he, he has a lot of different looks. All right, so what do you know from your marshal's friends um, in terms of the capture? Because, you know, a guy like this is dangerous. He was somehow able to elude two prison guards in a prison transport van, get out of cuffs, belly chain, and leg irons, and break out a back window of that van without those guards even knowing. So what do you know about, A, the takedown? Was it without incident? Did he fight like an animal? And B, how are they going to protect him and make sure he doesn't pull the same stunt again? Well, at some point, he'll be transferred back to Tennessee and, and uh, back up to us. And so we'll, uh, we'll definitely have a lot of extra security on him uh, as he goes through the court process. But uh, from what I understand, he was taken without incident and uh, did not give a, give up a, a fight. He was just trying to hide, but he didn't, he didn't give a fight. He did not give a fight. Was he armed? Do you know if he had any weapons on him? He did not have any weapons on him that I'm aware of. So was it one of those things where he literally was just kind of picking out Doritos and they came into the 7-Eleven and just grabbed him or did they have to track him from the 7-Eleven? Yeah, well, uh, I was told he was uh, there buying a hot dog, and uh, this clerk recognized him and, and called 911, and then he uh, left the store and, and tried to hide nearby, but uh, they were able to track him down with a with a canine. So a canine, a canine caught, and when you say they were able to track him down nearby, where like whereabouts nearby, behind the dumpster or out in the woods or behind vehicles or cars or houses, or what'd you hear? Yeah, I was told that it, uh, he was hiding under a tarp uh, behind the building. So uh, I don't know all the circumstance, all the details of how that came to be, but uh, the the canine uh, was able to track him to the uh, to the tarp where he was found hiding. Hiding under a did you say a tarp or a car? A tarp, like a one of those I, outdoor things that you put over things, you know, a tarp. So do you get the sense, and again, I know you're new in this, uh, you know, you're getting as much information sort of as it's happening, but do you get the sense that he, he had this tarp and this was what he was using maybe to stay out in the elements, or was it just a, a moment of convenience where something was covered and he climbed under? No, I think it was just a moment of convenience. That was, uh, he saw that and he needed, to, he needed to hide real quick and dove under this tarp to try to get away and hope the officers didn't spot him, but the dog found him. Who showed up? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that 
Uh, Pinellas County has some amazing officers. I used to watch them on Live PD all the time. Do you think it would have been the Sheriff's Department that showed up at the 7-Eleven, or would a huge phalanx of officers from marshals to uh, local police to sheriffs, like who would have shown up for that call? Truthfully, I'm not even sure right now who all was able to make the scene to, uh, to get there. But definitely the marshals were there at some point anyway. They took them in from the scene, right? Well, they, uh, the marshals definitely showed up. They've been working on this all day long. Uh, well, since really yesterday when we started getting information, we had come up with a lead that uh, on a vehicle that, had, like I said, had been stolen in Greenville. And uh, we were uh, searching for this vehicle and uh, got a hit on it in the uh, down in that Pinellas County area. And uh, a patrolman tried to stop him last night, and he was able to... Uh, ditched the car and run, run, but he uh, left most of his possessions that he had with him in this vehicle. And then, uh, so he's kind of been apparently just kind of on foot all through the day as uh, deputy marshals and other agencies have all been trying to uh, track him throughout that area. Did you say patrolman tried to stop him last night? Give me more details on that. What happened? Well, it would have been in the wee hours of this morning and, uh, there was a, a bolo that had gone out uh, that he was in the area, uh, and, uh, and we had the vehicle description, and a uh, patrolman saw, spotted him driving and tried to pull him over, and he was able to uh, ditch the car and run. So he's been on the run throughout the day today. So I've kind of been holding my breath so all he, day long. Today was going to be the day. Yeah. No kidding. And again, there's that smile. I can see it on you, David. Um, so it's, well, it's one my of birthday today, so it's like kind of a good day. So. Is it your birthday? It is my birthday. <laughs> I, I kind of jokingly uh, said a couple birthday. days ago, this would be a great birthday gift. So, hey, I got it. So. Well, that is awfully sweet. You should just stop by his cell and let him know that you are very thankful for the gift he gave you today uh, in, in being captured. Quickly, I just wanted to ask you about a couple more things there. So he was a runner. He got pulled over in the wee hours this morning, and the patrolman is approaching the car. P.S., one of the most dangerous things that a police officer can do is approach that vehicle. And he was a runner? He took off from the car? Yeah, he, he's definitely a runner. He's run, you know, he ran from the, the van. He, he took off running from there. He, he ran in North Carolina and was able to get away. He re- tried to run in Florida and was able to elude for uh, at least a few hours anyway before he was finally captured so he definitely is a he, he was he was pretty elusive he was uh, he was running but uh, at some point it had to catch I up. I should have asked that question I should have asked that question a little a little differently uh, I know he's definitely a runner because the guy's been on the run obviously for over a month but um, I am still curious in that in that uh, vehicle stop right the the pull, the, the, the pullover did he get out of that vehicle and ditch it right there in front of the patrolman and run into the woods? Is that is that the ditching? Because we just heard he ditched his car, but we didn't know the circumstances. I'm not sure all the details, but I know that there was a bit of a car chase, and he was able to get away from law enforcement and then uh, leave the vehicle and uh, go on foot and uh, get away wow. from him sometime early this morning. He can... He can run, but he can't hide. And then the other question I had for you about the, the possessions that he had to leave behind in that vehicle. This guy has been caught in a vehicle before with so-called possessions, a.k.a. a thumb drive, which has led to the accusations that he is possibly responsible for 
at least 52 rapes of unconscious women on video that were on those thumb drives. So did they find anything in the vehicle in terms of possessions that's, um, that's of interest? Uh, well, I understand that there were some things of interest in there, but I don't know exactly what all of those are right at the moment. We'll be able to piece more of this together tomorrow and in the upcoming uh, days as as we talk to all the parties involved in North Carolina and, and Florida and, and all the different places. Uh, the whole details are still a little fuzzy, but they're starting to come together on, on a few of the things that we have uh, wondered about all along now. Again, I'm just going to remind our viewers, we're talking to David Jolly. He's the U.S. Marshal for the Eastern District of Tennessee. David, I'm going to ask you to do something somewhat unorthodox here. Do you have your phone uh, near you right now? You can look around. It's okay. Don't worry about the camera. It's here. Okay. Check your email. Uh, we've just sent you a picture of the what we think, or it's a text. I'm sorry. Check your text. Um, we've just sent you a picture. We think it is the location where the arrest took place. We just need you to verify it, and then we're going to pop it up on air if you can verify it. Should be in your texts. In the meantime, um, I do want to let our viewers know that um, there are going to be a lot more charges that this guy is facing, but up until now, he's facing a laundry list, federal and state charges. They are sex crimes against children. I mentioned the 52 uh, suspected rapes of unconscious women on video, but here are the actual charges already he's facing. I mean, I could read them all out for you, but I'd need a longer show. You can see that most of them are uh, of a filthy and sickening nature. Rape of a child, sexual exploitation of a minor, three counts of production of child pornography there at the bottom. And we can tell you that one of those charges pertains to a child under the age of two. So when I say that this was a critical capture, I think we can all agree this was a critical capture tonight. Again, the breaking news right now, after 34 days on the run, he broke out of his prison transport van on the way to the courthouse in Tennessee. After 34 days on the run, Sean Williams is in custody tonight. All right, just want to check back in um, with uh, David Jolly and find out if you were able to check that text. Did you see anything in your texts that looked um, like the site that might have been the arrest location, David? Well, I haven't actually seen the site uh, myself. I've been getting texts from the deputy marshals, but I have not been able to see the site myself, so I'm really not sure. Uh, you know, just looking at that photo, uh, it, it looks like a news story from that area down there. Okay, well, I'm going to hang on to that. You know what I'm also going to do? I want to give you an opportunity to read the texts from your U.S. Marshals friends, and then I'm going to come back to you and see if there's anything you can tell us about those communications. In the meantime, maybe send them the picture and ask if they can verify that that's the arrest location. But um, can you, is that okay? Have you got the moment? I mean, I'm just assuming I can take all of your time tonight, but can you check those texts from your U.S. Marshals friends, and then I'll come back to you in a, like a couple of minutes and, and see what other news has transpired? Yeah, I can take a look. Like I said, it, there's some of the things I don't want to get too far ahead of because I, I just don't know all the details right at the moment. There, uh, We got word just shortly before the show tonight. So uh, there, some of the stuff is kind of uh, sketchy right at the moment of what we do have. Understand. I, I definitely want to give you a moment to, to uh, you know, take a breath and, and read through uh, with a, a 
an eye to editing what can and cannot go um, on television. In the meantime, I want to just add to the conversation Darren Cavanoke, um And David Jolie, don't, don't go anywhere. Don't, don't hang up on us. Darren Cavanoke is um, an attorney with whom I have worked for a million years. He knows uh, criminal justice <laughs> inside and out. I know you're laughing, but it's true. It's just that you look young. This is great news, Darren Cavanoke. I have been waiting to report this news. I mean, and you've got the smile. Anybody, you know, when a guy like this gets captured, has a big smile. But I want you to tell me what he's, you know, what's in store for Sean Williams tonight. From the moment that the cuffs are on him, out at the 7-Eleven, under that tarp, what happens next? Well, he's certainly not going to be afforded any other opportunities to pull his little escape artistry acts. Um, you know, there, what's that expression, Ashley? You know, fool me once, uh, shame on, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you, which, whichever way that goes, it ain't going to be well for, um, for our, uh, <laughs> the, the center of our story. He's certainly not going to be given any chance. There's no wiggle room coming for this guy. And, you know, it's interesting as I sit here and I put on my, my lawyer hat, um, escaping from custody, besides being now a, a separate criminal charge that he faces, um, that's going to be introduced in any and all of his other trials because, because that kind of flight is consciousness of guilt. So whatever his defense was to these underlying crimes, and my God, it sounds like there's a special place in hell for this guy, but I, I just can't even imagine the difficult assignment that his defense lawyer is going to have coming in, not only trying to defend the underlying case, but then add to that, that he escaped while facing these charges. It just, it just does not look good for the man. So, Darren, um, yeah, you're right. Escape from custody. But I, I just have to ask you one more question about charges, because I keep saying that they found a thumb drive in a vehicle when they arrested him many months ago. And on that thumb drive, police say, are the images of the rapes of at least 52 women if not all of them, many of them or most of them were unconscious. They had to actually do facial recognition to try to contact these victims and let them know they were victims. Um, but I'm curious, Darren, why those rapes aren't charged. Why is it that we are just continuing to talk about he's suspected to have done these rapes, but he's not charged with having done those rapes? Well, they may ultimately be. Um I mean, they're, especially in the world of sex crimes, it's not only do they have to identify the victims, but in, in many states, if there's the victim of a, if, if a victim of a sex crime does not want to participate in the legal proceedings, prosecutors will not bring charges. It's one of the areas where if you're a witness to a crime or even if you're a, a crime victim, the prosecutors can compel you to testify uh, against the defendant. Not so when it comes to prosecuting sex offenses. So I don't know if that's an element that's at play. But ultimately, prosecutors are concerned with bringing charges that they can prove each and every element beyond a reasonable doubt. That's their ethical standard. They have to believe that they can prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt to the exclusion of every reasonable doubt at the time they file charges. So, you know, I really want to unpack some of the details of that case to, to look at why some of those charges aren't brought. Certainly having that kind of evidence that you describe on a thumb drive, assuming that they can identify those individuals, it's obviously it's really damning evidence. And I know that that Williams has 
charges that he's facing both in federal and in state court. This guy is going to be quite busy uh, defending himself for, um, you know, what sounds like decades, if not hundreds of years. One other thing that's very uh, unique when it comes to sexual offenses is oftentimes there will be mandatory uh, consecutive sentencing rather than somebody being allowed to serve concurrent sentences if they're convicted of, say, multiple counts. Concurrent sentences are where you can serve a bunch of time all at once. Consecutive sentences is that you've got to serve all your time on one case before you begin serving time on another. And um, and so th- this guy, um, I, I doubt he... I doubt he's going to be uh, eating any 7-Eleven hot dogs or anything else uh, as a free man anytime soon. You stole my line. I was literally going to wrap up with you by saying, <laughs> I hope that hot dog was a good one. Because the hot dogs well, in the I'm just glad the canine the got it. <laughs> no. No, I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope the, the canine, canine got it was too. able to uh, get himself a little snack. Yes. <laughs> right. And if not, I know his handler would have given him lots and lots of cookies after that one. Um, Darren exactly. Kavanoki, invaluable as always. I love you, man. Thank you for this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ashley. You bet. See you soon. OK. And I promised the, I promised the viewers I was going to go back to, to David Jolly. I'm allowing him to just read a few more of his messages because he's being inundated with his pals in the U.S. Marshals, likely some information that we can actually broadcast to you. And also this. Um, if you've been watching our show again, thank you. Uh, You have probably heard Michaela Evans uh, talking with us before. She is an absolutely remarkable woman. She survived a fall from that man's apartment, five stories up. She went out his window. She doesn't know if she was pushed or fell, but he called her in the hospital to certainly make sure his narrative was understood. Oh, you fell. You definitely fell. Michaela broke almost every single bone in her body and somehow she survived. She has talked to us not only about her fall, but also what it means to catch this man. And she is standing by live. She will be talking to me right after the break. Breaking news, Sean Williams in custody. More information right after this. They got him. They got him. And it didn't matter what he looked like. Short hair, long hair, glasses, maybe civilian clothes, maybe a jumpsuit from the jail. It didn't matter, Sean Williams, they got you. If you've been following this program, we have been tracking this man for weeks. He is suspected of raping 52 women, unconscious, on video. He is charged with child porn and child rape. And he is one elusive SOB. He broke out of a prison van 34 days ago. Don't know how, because there were two guards in that van, and it wasn't big. It was a transport, transit van, a transit van. You know, they're within arm's length, but they didn't hear him, and they didn't notice he was gone. But he broke out the back window, got out of his cuffs, got out of his leg irons, got out of his belly chain, and got out of the van without them knowing. They arrived at the courthouse saying, huh? Guess what? 34 days on the run, and they got him. Tonight, Pinellas County, Florida, that's where St. Petersburg is in the Tampa area, west coast of Florida, right in the middle of the state. It's sunny and lovely there, but not for him. It's probably going to be really uncomfortable because he's probably chained a few more times than just at the cuff and the belly. (laughs) That's my thought. But this chameleon was able to elude almost everyone until tonight. He decided, well, it's always the fateful decision. (laughs) We've all been there. I'm getting a hot dog at 7-Eleven at night. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a bad decision. <laughs> when you, late at night when you go to a 7-Eleven for a hot dog, nothing good is going to come of it. You know it. Sean Williams should have known. He went for the hot dog at the 7-Eleven, and guess what? The clerk recognized him. Any one of these guys. We're not sure which one he looked like tonight, but the clerk saw through all of these looks and recognized him and called the police. And that canine got him. I love that dog. Canine chased him to behind the 7-Eleven. He was hiding like a little coward under a tarp, and they got him. One of the people who will likely be thrilled at the fact that he's no longer out there is Michaela Evans. Michaela was at his apartment one night, and the last thing she remembers is being at the apartment. Everyone else told her, you went out the fifth-story window and fell five stories to concrete. Miraculously, she lived, but broke almost every single bone in her body and got a call. was able to talk on the phone with that one while she was in the hospital, who was all too eager to tell her what happened. What an accident. You just, you just went out. Michaela is with me now on the phone. Michaela, I just wanted to get your reaction to the news that Sean Williams has been caught tonight. I'm very, very excited. Like, that's the best news ever. <laughs> I'll bet. Um, I know this has been such a difficult time for you, knowing that he's been on the run. I also know that you, and this is a strange connection, but you do have a connection to Sean Williams' daughter. Have you been able to make contact with her about this uh, capture? Um, I sent her one of the news articles that was sent to me. I just forwarded it to her, but I haven't heard anything. I don't think, um, no, she hasn't messaged me back yet. I know you've been, you know, in contact with her over the last um, many days. And from what I understand, she was, she was scared. She was scared that he was out there. She was scared that he had come to her place of work. That's where he was spotted last Friday. Um, was she able to, to give you any other sense of what she was going through all this time? I mean, other than she's just scared, um, I mean, mentally and stuff of the things that's going on, but I think she's more scared of of what the public is, I guess, doing against her because they know that this is her dad, so they're taking, like like I told you last night, that they've been threatening her and her children with sexual assault, um, the things that he's done to people that they would do to her and her children, which is just completely wrong, and... Hopefully she will get some, I guess, um, they will leave her alone now, maybe not bother her as much now that he's in jail. And I know a lot of people probably assume that she's helping him, but I would feel like she's not. I feel like she probably has her own issues from this man. Uh, I I can't believe what you just told me, Michaela, that that Sean Williams' daughter has been attacked by online bullies who are threatening her and her children with sex assault. Um, yes, ma'am. My God. I, it's, it's more than I can process to hear something like that because uh, no one should jump to any conclusions that just because she has a bloodline to this fugitive that she herself isn't afraid of him. This is a picture we are just getting in. Um, I want to show our viewers, and I just want to check with our our control room. I'm assuming this is after the capture, and I do see that he's bloodied. Uh, And, yeah, this is from the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations. You can see that little uh, bug up on the top left of the 
of the screen. And, you know, David Jolly from the U.S. Marshals told us that he was captured uh, without incident. When I say that, uh, if you're running from the popo and you're diving under a tarp and you're trying to evade capture, it's probably a bit of a rough business. So it is entirely possible that the dirt you're seeing all over him and the blood on his face could very well have been from his own efforts to elude authorities. Uh, something else we just learned, and that's from the U.S. Marshals, is that he was pulled over um, sometime between last night's show and this morning, throughout the early hours of the morning. He was pulled over by a police officer who recognized his vehicle and then split on foot from that vehicle pullover. You've seen it on live PD, on patrol. You, you've seen when this happens. They're approaching the vehicle, and sure enough, the driver or any of the people who are, you know, clearly running from the law, they, they run for it, and sometimes they get away. Sometimes they head into the woods, and whatever it takes them to blitz through the pitch black woods, and here's my guess, that is possibly where some of that uh, blood and, and marked up face could have come from. Maybe it was from his effort to elude authorities from last night to tonight. And as David Jolly told us from the marshals, he'd been on foot. He lost his car. He lost all of the stuff in his car. And he made for it on foot. And he's been on foot for the last 24 hours um, about. So it is entirely possible a lot of that dirt and the cuts might have come from the, uh, the chase last night, could have come from his efforts to elude capture tonight at the 7-Eleven. Uh, not sure how aggressive his efforts to hide behind the 7-Eleven were under that tarp. Um, but this is just a, an incredible photograph that we're able to show you. That this man suspected of having raped 52 women unconscious on video and charged with child porn, child rape, a laundry list of it, uh, is now again in custody. Here's another guess. He's chained to that chair. <laughs> in more ways than one, because he's been able to get out of cuffs and leg irons and belly chains before. So I'm guessing they're going to double, triple, quadruple cuff this guy. i got to fit in a quick break, but when I come back after the break, I'm going to check back in with David Jolly of the U.S. Marshals. He's been screening all of his text messages from his Marshals pals to see if there's some uh, material that he can release to us so that we can release it to you. But good news, folks. It happened. You can run, but you can't hide. And eventually the law does catch up with you. Sean Williams, you should know that by now. We're back right after this. So there's a picture. Uh, this is why I love my job, because I've been hammering away at finding this guy for the last couple weeks. Um, I put up every picture known to man of how this guy changes his look, but tonight that's his look. Turns out he has short hair right now. He looks to have cut off the long hair that we thought he had, and it turns out he needs a bath. Um, Sean Williams has been apprehended in Pinellas County, Florida. That's um, midway up the coast on the left coast, the west coast of Florida, right around St. Petersburg area. And um, they caught him without incident. He was getting himself a hot dog because that's cheap food. And when you're on the run and you don't have a whole lot, a 7-Eleven hot dog's not a bad choice, except for tonight. It was a terrible choice for him. Because the clerk at that 7-Eleven knew that SOB. He recognized that face no matter what look he brought into that store. And he called the police, and the police came. Sean Williams tried to make a run for it, according to the U.S. Marshal we interviewed just a few moments ago on this program live. Tried to make a run for it, tried to hide, did his best, dived under a tarp behind the 7-Eleven. But you can run, and you can never hide from a canine. 
And the canine and his human partner uh, found that guy under the tarp, all dirty and bloody. But the, the bloody part, we're trying to figure out where that came from because the report that comes from the officials is that he was arrested without incident. I mean, and without incident means you don't have to get too beat up as you're being hauled into cuffs. That could have come from his effort to elude authority last night. Sometime real, real late at night, real early in the morning, a cop pulled him over and he ran for it. He ran for it and left the vehicle behind full of all his stuff. So whatever he barely had before, he had nothing. And he's been on foot since that time. I want to bring in Zeke Unger. He is um, a bounty hunter, but not just a bounty hunter. Uh, Zeke's one of those guys who knows a thing or two about it. He's um, one of the country's leading fugitive apprehension experts. He frequently works alongside the FBI and the U.S. Marshals to bring suspects to justice. Zeke, tell me one thing. Tell me what this man is going through right now and how they are actually holding him, knowing that he seems to be made of Vaseline and is able to escape so easily. Well, I'm assuming that all the blood and dirt is from the canine unit. Um, You know, they're very aggressive when they have to take someone into custody. Now that he's in custody, uh, he's in leg irons, uh, as you can see, cuffed behind his back and has multiple agents around him making sure that he doesn't flee. So can I ask you, um, I have, I've often seen that canines are, I mean, they're, they're tenacious, right? They only let go of the suspect when commanded to do so. But do they, do they grab them by the head? I mean, he's bleeding from the face. And I'm wondering if a canine might have actually grabbed Sean Williams by the head. Yeah, they're not specific. All they know is they need to subdue the target, and they will latch on to the first thing they come, they come in contact with. So, um, Zeke, I'm just hearing, and this is fascinating, that we've been able to make contact with the clerk at the 7-Eleven who actually recognized him and who uh, called the police. We're hearing that he, and this is her word, creeped her out. Um, Zeke, I'm going to just jump in for a second here and interrupt our interview because I'm going to fit in a quick break because we are wiring her up for an interview as we speak. After the break, the the clerk who recognized Sean Williams and is responsible for his capture tonight. I cannot wait for this interview. I think you're going to be the same. I'll see you in a couple minutes. How do you spell hero? Because I spell hero Tasha Baumgartner. That is the name of the 7-Eleven clerk that called in that guy. She saw him come in. She recognized him. She called the police. The police caught him. And Tasha Baumgartner is live on the line with me right now. Tasha, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sweetheart, you are um, unbelievable. First of all, thank you so much for being oh, such an incredible citizen. You must feel pretty good right now yourself. Uh, yeah, I do. Tell me everything. Tell me what happened tonight from the moment that he walked in the store. Um, I, I, well, the, I saw a photo of him earlier in the day from a deputy, but it was blurry. So when he walks in, I asked my coworker, I was like, is that him? And he was like, I don't think so. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just felt weird about it. So I rung him up, he bought a hot dog, and then I went outside and I followed him, like sort of around the corner to see where he was going, and he like disappeared and it was weird to me. 
So then I was scrolling through Facebook and a photo of him popped up, a better one, and his tattoo on his arm. And I recognized the tattoo. So that's when I called police and told them, I was like, he was in my store. I know he was because I recognized the tattoo. Hey, Tasha, how fast did the police get there? And how far do you think uh, Sean Williams made it outside your store before the cops rolled up? Uh, a couple minutes. I think I called maybe two or three minutes after I, he was in my store. And they were there within, you know, like three to five minutes. And I think it was, I had a deputy who hung out for like 30 minutes with me and looked at video footage and everything. And, and then she told me that they're pretty sure they caught him down the street. So it was down the street where they actually caught him. That the, um, the marshal who was on the show earlier, Tasha, told me that they found him under a tarp. So that was not on the 7-Eleven property. He'd actually made it some distance away from you. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, because she um, left, she jumped in her cruiser and took off down the street. And so and did you they- see him being captured at any point? Like, were you able to see any of that action? Uh, no, ma'am. They just when came you, back when you walked and out of the store. Uh huh. Okay. When you when you walked out of the store following him, I have two questions for you. First. Where did he exactly walk? Like, take me physically uh, on the path that he walked out of your store. Um, he walked out and went to the left, like towards the sidewalk. But I thought it was weird because I was only a couple seconds behind him that he disappeared like so quick. So actually, when the deputy showed up, di- I, I told him that he might be behind my dumpster, but he wasn't back there. So he might have took off. So he's in the neighborhood. He kind of disappeared behind the store? Is that what you mean? When you say he disappeared, did he disappear into woods or into uh, homes that were nearby? Or where did he disappear to? Um, Probably homes. It's it's kind of a dark street. So I think he just went down the street, but I didn't see him. He had just like disappeared so quick. Second question. Were you scared when you left the store to follow him, knowing that he could be this dangerous fugitive? Um. No, not really, only because I know where the cameras are, and I stayed on camera. I made sure I went in the parking spot where the camera view is, and I didn't actually go to the sidewalk or anything. I just kind of I stood on 7-Eleven property and just looked around the corner, and I didn't see him anymore, and it was really weird to me that he disappeared so quick, and that's why I thought he was behind our dumpster, but they didn't see him back there. Tasha Baumgartner, I cannot tell you how fabulous you are. It takes a village, and you were that whole village tonight, calling the police and letting them know you saw him. Uh, He is in custody tonight because of you, and I think so many people are safe because of you. Tasha, thank you for doing that tonight. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family, and thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, my friends out there in true crime justice land, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with all of your families. Um, By the way, let them know that you watch News Nation while you're joining all your family and friends and and let them know that um, you like this this program and this network because uh, we're unbiased and we're trying to unite the whole country, um, doing it the right way. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And you know what? Uh, I don't think Sean Williams will, and that's a good thing. Thanks for watching, everyone. Cuomo's coming up next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.